0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
1: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, November 19th, wherever and however you're connected, Welcome. It is great to have you. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who once again found his way into the hearts and minds of University of Utah fans, Jerem Jordan.
2: I'm living there rent-free, baby. Uh, no, yesterday we stirred it up a little bit. It said Utah didn't want the smoke. Apparently, some Utah fans wafted some of the existing smoke away and we're like, sorry, what?
1: Some? <laughs> it felt like Most?
2: Most like tens of thousands? No, it's like dozens, maybe a hundred. I don't know, whatever. But no, it's it's funny. Um, Yeah, like check my mentions would be a really fun game right now. Let's just do it right. Hey, let's just do it right now. At Jerm, stop Jerem, stop the blatant lies. Now that the Pac twelve, I have two more. Just boom, Uh, that is approved on conference games. The game against Utah is guaranteed. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, no. Wow. Uh, No, it's not guaranteed. It's not happening.
1: And I had some disgruntled fans asking me, do you not understand that Utah doesn't have a game available? And reminded them that the entire setup of the conversation was based on if Arizona State cannot play Utah on November 28th. Then Utah would have a game, and it would be over Thanksgiving weekend. And you know what typically happened over Thanksgiving weekend for so many years between BYU and Utah. They played the rivalry football game.
2: Yeah, context is lost when all you watch is a Twitter video. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so you, know.
2: you can watch the whole show if you want full context.
1: Yes. Hi. Watch, watch the whole show.
2: Or don't. Whatever. We're still going to be here.
1: You can watch all of today's show, which includes in the show lineup, what's next for Yoli Childs and his professional basketball career following a strange NBA draft night. We'll speak with one of the guys trying to fill the vacant shoes left by Mr. Childs, BYU basketball redshirt junior Richard Harward, how he went from almost giving up basketball to now potentially starting for Mark Pope at BYU. Plus, if BYU football played in the Pac-12 this season, Utah fans will love this, would they qualify as the best team in the conference? Wait until you hear which national analysts are pushing that message. Here are today's BOE Sports Nation headlines.
2: Yoli Childs went undrafted in last night's NBA draft and is reportedly meeting with several NBA teams to become a free agent. We expect him to get an opportunity with somebody. We don't know who quite yet. We're excited to hear who it is. We'll discuss what we think the best fit for Yoli is.
1: There are a couple of Lakers bloggers out there saying that Yoli would be a nice fit in L.A. with LeBron James. Okay. Yahoo Sports' lead NFL draft analyst and recent BYU SN guest Eric Edholm reveals his updated 2021 NFL mock draft. Right now he has Zach Wilson going third overall to the Washington football team. No BYU player has ever been drafted higher than number five into the NFL. Zach Wilson right now third to the Washington football team.
2: That'd be wild, dude. That'd be the highest NFL draft pick in BYU history. That'd be insane, right? We're two days out from number eight, BYU, North Alabama, live on BYU TV, of course. Cougars top ten in both points and yards on offense. Quarterback coach and passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick explains what he wants to see Saturday.
1: As an offense, we're just looking to, you know, play our best game. We want to execute for four quarters, and, and, um, Trying to play a clean game, and so you know we're—that's we're, been the goal, and we've been having great practices.
2: Clean is the goal. Pre-game starts on BYU Radio one Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff at two Eastern Saturday afternoon.
1: The season tip-off for BYU men's basketball has been changed in game number one to eight Eastern when BYU hosts Westminster at the Marriott Center live on BYU TV. The university announced recently attendance will be very limited from the release, quote, in support of the state of Utah's increased measures to slow the spread of COVID-19, only players and coaches' families will be permitted to attend home games to begin the season, end quote. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it,
0: and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Free agency for Yoli. Former BYU basketball star Yoli Childs did not have his name called during last night's unique virtual NBA draft. He was apparently right on the cusp of being taken in the late part of the second round by several draft experts, but ultimately he will now choose his destination. Jaron BYU's only had four players drafted in the last 26 years. Does having guys drafted into the NBA matter for a program like BYU?
2: Uh, It matters for everybody, yeah. Uh, Don't you want to recruit guys that want to get to the NBA, right? You have to provide that for them. This is something that BYU certainly needs to address. I don't think that it's everything, but I think it's something. BYU players uh, want to come here. They want to have a great experience. They want to win conference championships, go to the NCAA tournament, have an awesome experience in the Merritt Center, and they will have that. The next step for BYU is to get more guys in the NBA. You can get guys in the NBA without the draft. We've seen that a couple times. Eric Mika played in a game uh, recently. Brandon Davies, Kyle Collinsworth combined for 110 games played uh, a couple of years ago. But BOA's only really had seven dudes play in a game since 97. So the draft picks are one thing, actually playing. It's like seven dudes have played in at least one game since 97. I think it needs to be a little higher. Again, it's not everything, but it's something. I think the only child is going to play in an NBA game or games. Uh, this season, so he'll become eight. But uh, it's something. I don't want to dismiss it because it's inconvenient. I think that wouldn't be fair. Um, It's a thing. BYU, I think, needs to be better at this. I would love to have an NBA player once every four or five years. I'm not saying like a starter. I'm just saying a guy that's in the league in some form.
1: Yes, it matters. And Mark Pope is at the front of that uh, conversation saying, yeah, we want guys that are going to play in the NBA. BYU has a coach that played in the NBA. Matt Harms transferred from Purdue specifically to bolster his NBA draft resume. He came here with the intention of Coach Pope helping him become a draft pick. So, yeah, it matters. I don't know how much it matters for a team like BYU, though, compared to other schools because of the return missionary factor that is so prevalent within the BYU basketball program. In fact, we saw a return missionary in Sam Merrill from Utah State Get taken. He, the Aggies only, sec, only their, their first draft pick since 1986 okay, as a return missionary. It just doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, you're saying 86 straight up. Straight up. And then, yeah, return missionary is very uh, rare. I don't know exactly who the last return missionary was to get drafted, but was it Travis Hansen?
1: It seems in like 03? it. In 03? It seems like it or from four? BYU. The, the last return missionary, certainly from BYU, was Travis Hansen, one of those four in the last 26 years. But, it, yeah, it, it's hard. Kyle Collinsworth, undrafted. He was Mr. Triple Double, Tyler Haas, undrafted. You know now we see Yoli Childs, who did not serve a mission but played all four yeah, years. Elijah BYU. Bryant, yeah, Elijah Bryant,
2: got to the NBA yet, right? Eric Maybe. Mika,
1: return missionary, undrafted. It's it's just really hard if you take a two year break to stay on NBA radars because they clearly the whole the whole paradigm has shifted to we like guys that are young and have huge upside that we can bring into the program when they're eighteen or nineteen. BYU is not the place. That.
2: Right. BYU's not going to get that type of player. And, and let's be honest, when you look at BYU's uh, program, yeah, they're getting a different kind of guy. And the, the draft is mostly one and dones or international guys anyway. There's not a ton of, uh, you know, Americans that stay four years that get drafted. It's just weird, right?
1: It's yeah, you got a weird. lot of things working against and, you. And
2: second round picks, kind of whatever, you know? Okay, topic two. Uh, Pete Thamel and uh, Pat Ford, uh, 40, of Yahoo College Sports Podcast, recently discussed if the Cougars or Cincinnati should schedule another game out of conference. Uh, In BYU's case, they're all out of conference. They also talked about where BYU would rank among Pac-12 teams, saying the Cougars are the second or even best team in the league <laughs> and have the best quarterback. Do you agree?
1: I can't wait to watch the Pac-12 championship game in the Fiesta Bowl between Oregon and BYU, Jerem. That, that could be it's going tenor. to be amazing. Yes, the de facto <laughs> Pac-12 championship if you included BYU. Right now, because of how long BYU has been together and how many games they've played – yeah, I feel like they are at least the second best team in the league. We have to see more from Oregon. They're gonna be explosive. But there's not one team in that league I look at right now and think, BOA couldn't beat that team.
2: I mean Right. Well, I I only think that probably about like Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Those are like, okay, that'd be a significant challenge. Everybody else, I'm like, I would love to see that game. I think that'd be a fun Florida, fight. Florida,
1: Texas A and M. I think those Cincinnati. Would be
2: fun fights. Yeah. And they're good teams, yeah, for
1: sure. Right now, I think that's fair assessment. But when you're playing in a Power 5 conference, there's going to be more attrition. Like There will be a greater chance for you to lose some of those games. But if we're just talking top to bottom, best team overall, talent, composure right now, experience, I think it's fair to say BYU is at least number two. Again, because I don't think there's any team in that conference that BYU cannot line up against right now And beaten a football game. I would love to see BYU play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. I think that is a dream matchup. That'd
2: be fun. Uh, It's so arbitrary to discuss talent. So let's discuss more like what we know, right? Which is like, how has BYU performed? Have they been efficient? Have they dominated? Yeah, BYU could only play the games in front of them. And they've won all of them. I want to compare Oregon. So here we go. The... So I, I took AP Poll, Sagarin, SP Plus, ESPN FPI. This is probably the four we kind of care about the most, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Oregon has a slightly better average in those at this moment. Although Sagarin, I, I see Iowa in the top five, so I'm like, what? Uh, but anyway, they're similarly based. BYU and Oregon. I don't know which one's better. We haven't seen enough volume from Oregon, right? But BYU is really stinking good. They're like you said. They're in the top. They would be in the top two, I think, in the Pac-12. The issue. I ha- okay, the positive. BYU's dominated. They've been efficient. They've done nothing wrong. Literally nothing wrong. Oh, you played a close game with UTSA. I said early in the season, BYU's going to play a game close against somebody we didn't know, know who it was. is going to happen. It happened. You know what didn't happen in BYU's biggest three games of the season? Those weren't close games. Those are blowouts. So at Navy, at Houston, at Boise State, 3-0, and the margin of victory, a whopping... 103 points margin of victory. Are you kidding
1: me? That's an average of 34.3 points per game in margin in the three biggest games. The
2: human calculator, Spencer Winton. BYU's done nothing wrong. Um, I would love to see, like you said, the Pac-12 title game at the festival. That'd be fun. Zach Wilson uh, is the best quarterback in the Pac-12, if you will. <laughs> I, I really hope that one day BYU's in that league. I know it has its issues, but I would love BYU to be in the Pac-12 one day. Hopefully, this goes towards that one day in conference expansion. It's very complicated. There's nuanced, uh, religious, and liberal uh, vibes. You know, Stanford, Cal, and everybody else. It goes back to the '60s uh, quite a bit. So who knows? But I, what BYU's done nothing wrong here. BYU's done everything right. They played. They played early. I think the reason that BYU is ranked ahead of Oregon currently is because BYU got a head start. I think if they start at the same time, Oregon's probably ranked ahead of BYU. But it's a fun conversation and one that our friends uh, in Salt Lake are probably hating.
1: Yes, and let me double down on the full quote. Just for context purposes, clip this (laughs) off, in fact. okay? Clip this part off as I read the quote about who actually said this. From Yahoo College Sports Podcast during a conversation on the benefit for a Pac-12 team and a BYU or Cincinnati creating game. Pete Thamel, I think BYU is the second best team in the Pac-12, and I don't think it's close. Pat Forty, they might be the first best. Pete Thamel, they could well be the best. That's very fair. They certainly have the best quarterback in the Pac-12, end quote. As we have discussed so many times on this show in the recent past, It's the national analysts driving this narrative about BYU. Yeah, we didn't bring it up. It's not originating here in Studio B.
2: We're sure is Heckfire going to wave the flag. Yes,
1: we will wave the flag of the national (laughs) analysts.
2: Someone tweeted yesterday, I think it was Y underscore soup or something, said, man, that's weird that BYU TV's uh, commentators would make it – you know BYU friendly would cater to BYU fans. <laughs> That's who we're talking to here. Thanks for joining the channel. If you're not, like, welcome.
1: Cole, let's go. Pac-12 championship in the Fiesta Bowl. Our question of the day: Where would you place BYU in the Pac-12 rankings right now, and why? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. April Kurstich on Twitter says, I believe BYU would be ranked number one in the Pac-12. They've played eight games to show how strong they are in every facet of the game, whereas Oregon has a couple of games under the belt, end quote. That's the advantage that BYU does have. They just right. been playing longer.
2: Right. One, And I brought up the positive. I forgot to bring up sort of the negative. BYU hasn't played a Power 5 team. That's going to be a knock against BYU. But again, BYU couldn't get one. It wasn't an option. BYU tried. BYU was going to line up Alabama. Are they
1: one. still trying to get a power five?
2: <laughs> Are they still? <laughs> By the way, someone tweeted me because I said the Utah game isn't happening. They're like, how do you know that's not guaranteed? And I said, you know where I work, right? Like, I don't – a BYU-Utah game's not happening. Maybe BYU gets another game. I don't see the Pac-12 actually getting a game with BYU. I just think that situation's too complicated with all the protocols.
1: No, but I could see something in the Mountain West. We just saw Colorado State and UNLV cancel for the twenty-first. I could see a team like that popping up on BYU's schedule on December fifth.
2: Right. Yeah, that's not a Pac-12 game. No. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's just there are too many complications and moving parts. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see if the Pac-12 makes it happen with BYU.
2: Has the Pac-12 made anything happen recently? <laughs> Coming up, what's the best fit for Yoli Childs in the NBA?
1: And BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Fieger on his emotions as the Cougars approach their season tip-off. Why does it feel like this team will be right back to where they left off? This BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports
0: Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: BYU in North Alabama will kick off live Saturday 3 Eastern, BYU TV. The game will also feature a second-screen experience on the BYU TV app. Commercial-free conversations with Spencer Lynch, David Nixon, Mitch Matthews. BYU Radio, of course. So you have three different options of how you consume the game. And you can consume multiple at the same time. Let's not, let's not act like people are sitting and consuming one, just the TV. Everyone's got a second screen. That's
1: the idea. It's all about convenience in 2020. Other than what's happening across the world. But at least in technology, it's about convenience. Yep. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. And we are about to add a third member to this conversation. BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Fieger joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Cody, great to have you back on the show. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me.
1: Man, we can uh, literally count the hours before BYU basketball tips off the season uh, It's been just such a strange, long offseason based on what happened uh, in March. But you and the staff have been very outspoken about feeling good about this wildly different roster picking up where your program left off last season. Why do you feel confident in this team despite losing so many
3: stars? Um, I feel really confident in this team because we got such great kids that work hard every day. You know, we've got some returners, uh, with Alex Barticello, uh Trevin Nell, Colby Lee. We got some guys that, you know, did a couple things last year that are ready to step up for the leadership. And then we got Matt Harms who's produced. We've got Brandon Averett who's produced. Um we got a bunch of guys, um, a bunch of new guys that have produced where they were before. So um we're excited. we've been just chopping at the bit since March, uh, to play somebody else, to play play some, you know, Ever since the you know the St. Mary's game, we we're ready to play somebody else, and uh, we've been going hard since July. So it, we're we're excited about this group, this roster.
2: We've called it a hodgepodge of talent, if you will, and we're excited to see how it coalesces. You guys wear the best locker room in America shirts; it's awesome. How is this team noticeably different from last year, and how will we see that manifest on the court?
3: Well, we're a little bit bigger, right? A little we've, bit. Uh, <laughs> We've got some, we got some size where Colby Lee was, you know, the tallest guy for most of the year last year. And now, now we've added, you know, Matt Harms, big, rich Harward. And, um, you know, Gavin Baxter was out for most of the year. So we got those three guys that are, that are in, uh, which is way different. Um, And then we've got, you know, a bunch of new guys, (laughs) you know, we're, we're subbing out, you know, TJ Haas for Brandon Averett. There's a little size difference there, but uh, just a completely different game between those two guys. Um, I think our offensive rebounding should go up this year. Um, that should be probably our main main thing offensively. That's going to be a little bit different is that we're going to be going to the glass a little bit more, ha- have a little bit more size. Last year it was mostly, you know, Yoli, Kolb, and, uh, you know, Dalton, Zach, those, those four guys really let's discuss how much the offense and defensive schemes have
1: changed from last year to this year. How much time have you spent implementing new things or is it still the similar base just with uh, a few wrinkles? How, how have you done this?
3: Yeah. So offensively, um, we're we're kind of using the same base offensively. We're just tweaking, tweaking a couple of things. Like you said, Hey, we're going to, uh, with our same similar base and offense, we're gonna just do what Matt Matt Harms does really well. We're gonna post him in different ways than we did Yoli, things like that. Same with Alex Barcello. We're gonna get him in different ball screen situations and same with Brandon Averett. That's kind of the main main thing. But we're not we're not changing um a ton of things. Now defensively we are changing how we're guarding ball screens, this and that, but it's still it's still gonna be the same goal where we're gonna be talking about transition defense every game and you know um, rebounding, th- those kind of the same things. So we're not, we're not changing too much, just a couple of
2: The zig for all of basketball at any level has been, Oh, bigs are sort of dinosaurs. They're kind of going away. Right. So how, how do you, how do you incorporate and suddenly be the, the everyone's zig that way, but maybe zag with some of the size to your advantage, whether it's be, whether it's with rebounding yet, you have to defend pick and rolls.
3: Yeah, no, no question. Like I mean, you look at what everybody wants in the NBA and this or that right now is can everybody guard a ball screen? Can you switch on to whoever? So we're we're still working with that same stuff with our bigs every single day and making sure they can do that. Um, but if you take a look at a team like Gonzaga, they're playing with two bigs all the time, right? Every year that they're playing with two bigs that can that can switch one through five, and then they can also post you down low. So. Um, things they, they're they take advantage of is transition uh, rim running and um, you know uh, throwing it into the post and trying to get to the free throw line so that's that's some of the similar things that we're we're kind of using also with our with our bigs that are going to be playing a little bit different than last year where we had Connor Harding at the four you know Zach Elias at the four you know just just going to be way different Jake Toulson was playing the four sometimes last year.
2: Is there any combination of those four bigs that you, you uh, can go with? Or does it, are there certain pairings that are better than others? Or could we see any of those four, uh, you know, two at a time on the court at, at any point?
3: Really, yeah. It's just, it's just kind of hodgepodge. It's just who's playing the best and who's giving us the most at, at that point right now. And, you know, Caleb Lohner's playing a lot of that that position too. And mm. Gideon George, I mean, there's so many guys that, we got just such a roster where we could put all these guys in different, different spots. So it's been really fun to kind of figure out. How close are you to naming a starting
1: five at this point?
3: Uh, I think coach Pope's a little bit, you know, closer than we are um, as some of us on the staff, but um, we're close. We're close. These guys are working hard. It's, it's awesome. It, it's a fun group. We've got, you know, 16 guys that are can come in and make plays for us right now. It's it's a fun group.
2: Go ahead and just tell us starting five, coach. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's not going to reveal
1: that. That's, that's why he's hiding the whiteboard, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. oh,
2: oh I get it, yeah.
3: Everything's closed off. Yeah.
2: So the, the pro of that, that versatility and having a deep roster is you have all kinds of options, right? Which is awesome. The con is sort of making sure that everyone, the culture is good enough, the best locker room in America is good enough, right? To where everyone's happy, even if maybe their role is a, a little different or a little less than what they were hoping. How's that development going?
3: Oh, it's been great. I mean, that's something we talk about every single day. You know, we we have scrimmages, we have this and that. We'll we'll sit guys down. We we take a um, we take a lot of time talking about that with our team because it's a huge deal. Because um, this game's bigger bigger than just you, right? And and uh, all these guys say they want to win, and um, it, it's it's something that we talk about every single day with our players and as a staff, just because it's that important. Because you know, we, one guy can sour our locker room or this and that. So it's just an important thing for us in this program. The university
1: recently announced that there will only be coaches and players' families at home games in the Marriott Center. So, how That will means the,
2: Cody will have tickets for us. That's what I mean.
1: Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> how will the flow of the game and the atmosphere change because of the limited fans? The, the Marriott Center magic's will certainly be a little bit different this year.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be different. Our bench is just going to have to be huge this year. Like our bench is going to have, you know, you look at some of those NBA benches with the Lakers and everybody, the, their, their benches are going crazy and talking and yelling the whole time. And that's just going to be the biggest thing um, for for our team this year is that, you know, right now during practice, we're even having our team uh, be on the sidelines if they're not in, and they're going to be talk they're talking the whole time right now. So we're kind of practicing that stuff. Right now, because that's that's such an important piece for for this is um, is that our our players are talking because even as a staff right now, we're out there with our masks and these guys can hardly hear us. So just our bench is just going to be a huge, huge deal this year.
2: I assume like football, you're going to have to coach with a mask on. Is that the case?
3: Yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. That's the protocols right now is that we're going to have to have the masks and it's it's full go right now with that.
2: Are you, are you going gator? cuz listen, you're on TV. You or you have to have the around your ear. I mean, style matters too. Yet you got to be safe. Okay. <laughs> Traditional, yep. Yep, I get it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I try to make it really really simple and easy and I wash it so it smells good <laughs> and it works.
2: That's important. I think we've yes. all learned that about yes. the masks.
1: Well, wash your masks, <laughs> please, ladies, ladies and, and gentlemen. gentlemen. Yeah. Let's ask you about the NCAA tournament and the announcement of a bubble in one location, probably in the state of Indiana, around Indianapolis. How do you feel about a bubble scenario for the NCAA tournament and maybe it levels the playing field ultimately? What do you think?
3: I'm excited. You know, I haven't read too much about it, honestly, but, but I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Is it going to be similar to the NBA? Are they going to have – I mean how many teams are they going to allow? Are they going to allow 64 teams in a bubble? I mean that's that's not going to be easy. Um I just wonder how exactly how they're going to do it, you know, are they going to have like you said are they going to use like Indiana? Are they going to use Butler? Are they going to use another another team where they're trying to have a bunch of games at once? I'm I'm just really interested interested to see how how they're going to do this.
2: Next week's going to be busy, 3 games in 4 days. Westminster and New Orleans, and Utah Valley, and then two big games in Connecticut, uh, USC, and then potentially UConn or or Vanderbilt, right? What's needed for this team in the next six days to be ready for
3: the season? Um, is just to, like, we've talked about the opponents, we've watched what they're doing. Um, for us, it's just, we're just focusing on ourselves the most right now. Like, are we doing our stuff the exact right way? You know, because, like you said, there's six games, and in 10 days really at the end of the day and really we're just taking a step back and making making sure we're doing the right stuff as a as a as a team because it's going to be hard to scout you know with so many one-day turnarounds um so we're taking care of ourselves and making sure that we're just getting better at what we do at a high level every day
1: Coach, we appreciate the time. Great to catch up with you. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for those six games in ten days. BYU tipping off the season next week. And maybe you, Coach, you should have a shooting contest to decide who washes the masks. Just putting it out there.
3: I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, guys.
1: Cody figure on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you know why we show how.
2: Six days out, man. Let's go. Six days out, and we get the first three games, so we're stoked about that.
1: And BYU football is ranked number eight in the country and undefeated.
2: That's good. Let's go. Coming up, Senator Richard Harward on the basketball team uh, this year. His role this season coming off of redshirt
1: Plus, is BYU basketball a top 40 all-time college hoops program? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented
0: by Visible Supply Chain Management. You can see the Cougars
2: in men's hoops next week. Three games in four days to start the season, all on BYU TV. Wednesday's game, Westminster, tips at 8 Eastern, countdown to tip off, 7.30 Eastern. Then the next night, on Thanksgiving evening, New Orleans in town, Utah Valley, both at 9 Eastern. Countdown to tip-off, 30 minutes prior to each game on BYU TV this season. And, of course, on the free BYU TV app.
1: Stuff yourself at a Thanksgiving meal and then join us on BYU TV.
2: I personally will also do that.
1: Here's <laughs> Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. You know what to do. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Ram, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. What
2: team is your ideal fit for Yoli Childs as a free agent? The Los
1: Angeles Lakers. I want Yoli Childs to go to the defending NBA champions and learn from the likes of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Bring bring him in. Bring him into you the You forgot fold. Alex Teach him. Caruso. Teach him. And yes, Alex Caruso <laughs> is one of my favorite personalities in He's the NBA. Great. He's fantastic. He's great, Yeah, take Yoli Childs to L.A. Let him live the big life in Southern California.
2: Uh, Utah Jazz new majority owner Ryan Smith uh, didn't use his ownership-ism last night to draft Yoli Childs. Uh, anybody but the Knicks and uh, Kings. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's too skilled.
1: On to this. CBS Sports ranks BYU the 36th best all-time program In college basketball. Okay, what's the one thing that would make BYU a top 40 all-time program?
2: Well, they already are. uh, But what made it uh, winning? Good coaching, good players, good culture, hard work. Yeah, that's a vanilla answer for you. BYU's been to,
1: what, 29, 30 NCAA tournaments all-time. I know, they've been to the most uh, tournaments without getting to a Final Four. We thought it was going to happen last year. But they've also had two, two. Players of the year. Yeah, that's cool. Danny Ainge, Jimmer Fredette. That to me speaks volumes. Yeah,
2: I've heard of those guys. BYU women's hoop signs Amanda Barcelo, Alex's sister, who will play for the Cougars next fall. Who are some of your some of your best uh, brother sister combos in BYU
1: history? <laughs> there haven't been as many as you think. No, th- th- this is a little bit tough. So for me, it's it's more about sister sister combos in VOA history. Like the Hampson sisters, to me, have been the best familial tie yeah. basketball combo. I don't know. What do you have? Brother-sister I, combo. So
2: James Empey and then his uh, sisters Savannah and Haven, goalkeepers on the soccer team right now. That's fun.
1: Yeah, they get yet to Tanner really establish and Abby themselves. Mangum.
2: Abby was on the women's basketball team. And then Sarah Hampson's brother, Alan, was actually on the men's basketball team as well. We'll have to dig a little deeper on that one.
1: Yeah. And if it's married couples, then maybe it's Connor Harding and Paisley well, Harding. That's an entirely different guy. All right, some uh, Fred Warner hype, uh, Jerem, who is uh, now being taken into the NFL Pro Bowl consideration, and this should be the year for Consideration. Fred. Okay.
0: He, he'll be on that.
1: Leads us to our daily dose of Zach Wilson hype. Here is our Zach Wilson Heisman update.
0: Strike that pose. It's time for another Wilson for Heisman update.
2: We went back to the regular speed today. Mm-hmm. CBS Sports National College football writer Dennis Dodd released his Week 11 Heisman hype list. Zach Wilson's second on the list behind Florida is Kyle Trask. How about that? Third, Malik Willis of Liberty. He's undefeated, Whoa. by the way. How about that? Dustin Crumb from Kent State. Oh, Dennis going off the board here. A classic Dennis move. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, uh, Justin Fields, and Najee Harris round out the group. So that one's a little off the board. I also like a good OPS. <laughs> nice.
1: Over the shoulder. It's great. The Trevor Mac Justin Najee. High at number five. Justin
2: Aji. Yes. That's a, new, that's a new word. Like Jack Wilson,
1: number two in that list. And number wow. three overall, according to Eric Head, home of Yahoo Sports, going to the Washington football team in the NFL draft.
2: And number one in your hearts. Coming up, know the foe, North Alabama edition.
1: Plus, BYU basketball, Richard Jr., Richard Harward. He's been growing a mustache over the year. Plus, he's waited to play at BYU. What's he going to bring to the program now? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: He's got the comb. Look at that. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Cougar pregame Live begins Saturday at 1 Eastern
2: with Jason Shepard, Riley Nelson, Greg Brown, Mitchell Juergens. We're pretty sure Jason's involved. We don't see him in this photo. Listen to both Cougar pregame live and the BYU versus North Alabama game, of course, every game live on
1: BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We welcome in now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom a guy we've wanted to talk to for a while. His name is Richard Harward, BYU basketball power forward slash center. Richard, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks for having me. What's better right now, your skill set or the mustache you're rocking right now?
4: Oh, man, I think it's the mustache, to be honest. <laughs> I've, been, I've been working on this
2: for a minute. <laughs> Can we call you a power center? Is that a thing?
4: Uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Are you more of a center or a power forward? Uh, I've always been like a solid center, so I guess just more of the center. <laughs>
1: We've heard everyone talk about your game and your style of play from Coach Pope on down through the rest of the roster, but we need to hear from you. How would you define your style of play and basketball skill set?
4: Uh, my style of play is like really physical, kind of big body. Like growing up, I was a really uh, chunky kid, so I was always just in the bottom, just being a bruiser. So I just kind of developed that and decided to change it from being like, you know, overweight to more like muscle and changing it so I'm a bruiser hard nose around the rim, and I try to be an energy guy. just try to get everyone pumped and, like, working hard on the court.
2: I always see you energetic and excited, and and my favorite interview ever is the no question I asked you after the practice. You just came up to the mic. You said, you know, what you wanted to say, and let's go, boys, and then you just stormed off. I was like, that's the greatest interview I've ever done. (laughs) When did you – and and when did this begin, and who did you get this from, or where did you get this from, all this energy?
4: Um, All the energy – Like, I don't know. So I was actually really shy and quiet at UVU. But, like, when I came over, like, yeah, you can ask Pope or, like, even, like, Wyatt when he was over there. Like, I'd show up to practice, wouldn't say a word. And then, I don't know. I think I just felt more comfortable over here at BYU. I feel a lot more at home with these guys. We all get along. We're all, like, brothers. So it's like I feel like I can be more vocal and I can speak my mind a lot more.
1: Are you telling us at one point you did have an inside voice? Because Coach Pope says you don't have an inside (laughs) voice right now. (laughs)
4: yeah no I was I was I was real quiet I wouldn't say a word like I was on the bench he's kind of the quiet like golf claps like good job guys but (laughs) now now I'm comfortable now I'm not shy I can I'll let you know (laughs) are you the guy that is playing
2: like Mark Pope feels does that make sense like Mark Pope's an energetic guy do you sort of embody that on the court
4: um, I try to like. He's told me he's like the thing that you can do best for this team is rebound, defend, and like bring energy. So either when you're on the court or when you're on the bench. So it's like last year, I knew I couldn't really do much for the team on the court. So I was like, hey, from the bench, I'll be the loudest guy in the nation. Like I'll try to be the most energetic bench player.
1: <laughs> Richard Harwood, BYU basketball power center, power with us on yeah. BYU Sports Nation. Speaking of uh, UVU, you alluded to it a little bit, saying that you're kind of quiet. We've heard that your, your, I guess, path didn't always include basketball in the long term, but you turned a corner emotionally and confidence-wise. What happened at Utah Valley to kind of propel you on to, no, I'm going to play basketball, I'm going to be really good at it?
4: So what, what kind of happened is I came off my mission, and I originally signed at UVU with Coach Hunsaker, and then he ended up uh, stepping down and uh, Coach Pope came in, and Coach Pope kind of kept me on board. But then I got off my mission and everything. And then when I was playing, I just wasn't doing well. And I w- ended up having conversations with the coaches like, hey, I don't know if basketball is the choice for me. They were talking about uh, me going to like Westminster or something, like going to a D two or JUCO. And then uh, I just kind of got stubborn. Like we had a team trip where we hiked to the top of Timp, And then it was just kind of like I was kind of ahead of the pack most of the time because I like being by myself when I hike. And I just had this like moment of clarity like, Hey, I want to do this. I want to be here for the guys. Like I want to do the hard things kind of, kind of a deal. Then we got down from the hike and then like, I just kind of told coaches like, Hey, I'm not leaving. I want to stay. I want to prove myself. Like I want to, I've been an underdog my whole life. I want to prove it again that I can do it. And then, uh, through a freak accident, uh, one of our players, uh, one of the, uh, starting bigs, like broke his pinky in practice. And Pope told me, he's like, Hey, like you're going to play tonight. Like we need you to bring it. And I ended up having a great game. I think I had a double-double. It was, like, my first legit playing time in college. And then that was, like, a huge moment for me. It's like, hey, like, I can play. Like, I can compete at this level. Like, I can finally show everyone that I'm as good as I think I am. Like, I can contribute to the team. And it was just, like, this big moment for me. Like, hey, this is, like, this is my chance to, like, show it.
2: That's fantastic. Everyone needs a breakthrough, right? And many a person has hiked to the top of a mountain and found knowledge Right, uh, we we read that in many books. Um, did you want to come to BYU as a kid? Because your brother Ian played here, we got to know him a little bit. Did you grow up a Cougar?
4: Oh uh, yeah, I grew up like my brother committed when I was like, oh, I can't. But I was really young when my brother committed to play here, so it's like from that I grew up coming to all the games, like watching it, getting really excited, like feeling so lucky because I got those like player seats that were a little bit closer to the floor, getting to actually like hear the players interact with each other. And it was just like i was always like I want to be a Cougar. I'm a I'm a diehard Cougar. So out of high school, you wanted to come to BYU.
2: You went to UVU mm-hmm. with uh, Hunsaker. Pope comes over. Did you ever think like, hey, maybe BYU is an option later? Or when Pope came over, that was the door that opened.
4: Um, it was kind of when Pope came over. Like I, I still played a little bit of hard, and it was like hard to get kind of thing when uh, <laughs> he initially. <came> over. <laughs> but it was just like I was looking at all my options, but I was like, hey, I get to play at BYU, my dream school. And then I get to face these amazing, like I get to face Gonzaga. Like that's like one of the biggest platforms you can play basketball. at. like, this is a chance for me to like prove to myself and prove to everyone. It's like, Hey, like we can play, we can compete. So it's like coming to BYU was that dream come true. And like Pope coming over and then him taking all the assistant coaches, which I like, I love these guys They're I'll like take a bullet for them. So like watching them all come over, I was like, I have to follow. I have to go with them.
1: We're talking with Richard Harwood of BYU basketball. Now, Richard, I know you've been growing that mustache for a long time, but you've been waiting even longer to play an actual game for BYU. How would you explain the time off watching your teammates almost what a year and a half?
4: Oh, it's the worst experience of my life. I'm not going to lie. I think (laughs) you're miserable. Like we have to do like every single rep in practice is the practice squad. We have to go and do a full lift afterwards. And then we don't even get the reward of playing a game. Like, I remember sitting here like at the home game for when we were facing Gonzaga here and it's just like dying on the inside. Cause it's like, I know Cole's ready. I know Yoli's are going to kill it, but I'm just like, put me in. Like, this is a tough moment. Like I can body, I can take the like I can take these dudes, but it's like, you're just sitting there dying on the bench and you're just like, Oh, well guess I can yell really loud. <laughs> and
2: you guys did. And so did everyone else in the merit center. That was a magical night and, and very, very fun. Let's talk about the role you played last year on the, uh, on the scout squad, as you, you mentioned, Colby Lee, uh, Mark Puppa said you helped develop Colby Lee by physically challenging him in practice a lot. I'm sure it was with Yoli Childs as well and Gavin Baxter when he came back. What role did you play then, and how is that different now for you?
4: Um, like Colby and I, like I see him as like a brother almost. Like uh, watching him develop and like being able to play against him every single day, like it's been amazing to watch since the coaches taught him taught him how to do that quick shot he has like exploded like he's one of the most efficient players i've ever seen he works a, I have to watch my language. he works really hard and he like um plays defense really solid and it's just like watching that and like this year i don't play against him as much now it's like i'm on the same team as him or like we're kind of alternating between the two of us so it's more of like that support from the sideline or like pulling him aside after like critiquing like hey there's a good chance to use your quick right there, and you kind of turn it down. Or right here, this is a good opportunity to pass it. And it becomes more of like a joint thing rather than me trying to get it better from the competitive side.
1: You're just days away from your first actual game in a BYU uniform. We've talked about the emotions of waiting. What do you anticipate when you run out on the floor, albeit in a strange pandemic scenario where there are no
4: fans? Uh well, like, I I've talked about this before. It's like, I'm kind of used to not having a ton of fans, like nothing against you, <laughs> but it doesn't have the fan base that BYU has. BYU's fan base is insane. Like just like being part of that Gonzaga game compared to like any of my experiences at UVU, it's just like, I'm kind of used to a little bit of a smaller crowd. So for me, it's just like another game. Like I feel like our team does a good job of bringing the energy for each other. <sighs>
2: yeah on the road uh, in the whack is one thing right it's it's going to be all right, and there will be some family members, which will be good right uh, at least somebody in there but uh, you, I think I know the answer to this question, but I want to ask you do you have to start to be happy
4: like start like start in the games mm-hmm. oh no like no like i I've learned that like Pope does an amazing job of like getting everyone on board with this. Starting is like a cool title, but at the end of the day it's like you can score forty points, but if you lose nobody cares like you can be the all-star of a terrible team and no one really cares about it but if you're like a really good contributor to a team that wins that's when people start to notice and like everyone on our team started to buy into that idea it's like i i don't care necessarily about starting it's more about what can i do to help the team win this game because if we win this game it's gonna be better for everyone
2: we saw that last year especially with dalton nixon and zach sellius guys that had started before but then became Role players off the bench, and their contribution one game might be 10 points, but it might just be taking, in Dalton Nixon's case, he took like three charges in a game I remember last year. Zach Selyus blocking the St. Mary's shot, making some free throws. How does Mark Pope get you guys to buy into that? Because that is amazing culture. And you guys have the t-shirts, hashtag BRLA, best locker room America, or BLRA. How, How does Mark Pope get you guys to buy into that?
4: Well, first of all, Mark Pope is one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in my life. Like, he brings so much energy, and he's very good at persuading and also getting you to see the logic behind what he's saying. But it's also that something I've noticed being with Pope for a while is the people he goes after, the guys he goes after to recruit have a certain personality, guys who are kind of underdogs or may feel like they have a chip on their shoulder, but then he kind of uses that energy and kind of motivates in the right way. Instead of having that chip on the shoulder come and say, like, I have to be the all-star, it's more of like, I want to come prove to the world that we win. We're on a winning team. Like, the team is what's most important. And I think it really comes down to Pope and all the coaches and how well they are at, like, how well they do at teaching us and, like, getting us to buy in and put our own agendas to the side.
1: Richard, it's great to talk with you, man. We cannot wait to watch you play for BYU basketball. basketball. Let's give you some <laughs> BYU Sports Nation karma to go and crush it in those early games and, of course, right, to continue it. to manicure that mustache. Uh, you know <laughs> Thanks, Richard.
4: Thank you.
2: He's awesome, man. Oh, he's incredible. I, he's so much energy, so much skill. He's going to contribute right away. And he, like, like he said, he may not start, but he is a starter quality. It, it just may be certain matchups, right? Like, I think Matt Harms is a starter, and then Harwood's probably a
1: starter. It's a good but, problem to have.
2: Yes, you need depth. Colby and,
1: Lee, Gavin Baxter. Yes,
2: like you could start any combo of those those three. Is the other spot, I'm pretty sure Matt Harm's. Oh, by the start.
1: way, Wyatt Lowell's coming back in a few weeks. Yeah, later. I wouldn't
2: put him in the same category with them. But yes, yes,
1: it's it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Size and plenty of it for BYU, which is the exact opposite of last year.
2: Yes, very different, different squad <laughs> coming up. Who gets today's rise and shadow?
1: And we will play know the foe, North Alabama edition. How much you know about the Lions? We're about to find out. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by
0: Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download
2: the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast or Bing it or whatever you want. Subscribe, rate, and review.
1: Let's play Know the Foe with Alabama, the Lions, presented by Tim Daly.
0: Nation asks, Do you know the foe?
1: Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Ben Bagley, what do you have for us?
0: Well, as always, we did the coin flip during the break, and this time it was oversaw by the law firm of Ducksworth, Shaver, and Gross. Shout out to Harris Call, you're on that
1: one. Okay.
0: All right. Let's start with Jerem. You won the toss. You elected to receive. You get the first question. Where did the city of Florence, Alabama's name originate? Was it from in honor of Florence Nightingale, Florence Henderson, from Florence, Italy, or Florence Dupont, who founded the city?
2: I'm guessing C, Florence, Italy. Yes. Correct. You know, it's next to Louisiana, French, you know, maybe in Alabama. They're like, Italy.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know. The European yeah, that makes sense. in the sense. United States. States. I don't when know I think a lot of Italians Alabama, I think in Alabama. You, Italian though. food. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. The meat uh, balsa. All right, Spencer, a famous historical site in Florence, Alabama, is Pope's Tavern. Not Mark Pope's Tavern. Okay. Pope's Tavern. Okay. What is it famous for? A Civil War hospital, a stagecoach stop, a tavern, or all of the above? Is the Pope's tavern famous for the tavern?
1: (laughs) All of the above. Yes.
0: It's been all of the above. Wow. A hospital and a tavern all at the same time. When Mm. I think Civil War hospital, I think liquor. And Florence. Okay. All right, Jeremy, back to you. Florence, Alabama hosts the Alabama Renaissance Fair, which features oh the nation's largest LARPing <laughs> competition. True or false? True? <laughs> oh, nice one. Nice it one. does host the Renaissance Fair, but there is no LARPing involved. <laughs> oh, that's you Very, nice. Very nice. Well done. All right, Spencer, back to you. Oh. Which one of the following famous movie characters were played by a North Alabama alum. Mm. Was it Superman? Was it Forrest Gump? Was it James Bond or was it Lando Carlisian? Car-
1: mm, I'm going to go with Superman.
0: Oh, no, it was Forrest Gump.
2: It's the young Forrest Gump. The young Forrest He's Gump. A UNA yes. Michael
1: Connor Humphreys. You read about that in the notes. I read the game notes. Yes, I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Jerome, okay. U N A boasts the only living Actually, lion on mascot in the country, living on campus. What is that lion's name? Leo is the it, Third. Uh, win. That's a win. Yeah. Also, the notes. I'm it. the sideline reporter. I'm like way yeah. more yeah. prepared this week. Yeah. It's not fair for me. All right, you get Spence, You get to get this one to tie Jerome. Which PGA golfer hells from Florence, Alabama? Is it Stuart Sink, Keegan Bradley, Billy Ray Brown, or John da- John Daly? I don't know. I don't know on this one.
1: Keegan Bradley. Who is it? No,
0: it's Stuart Sink. Oh, it's oh, really? I was hoping you'd go for Billy Ray Brown,
1: but nope. it's Sink. <laughs> Wasn't taking that bait. Good one.
0: Listen, this Jared is a challenging
2: situation for no, yeah. This, thank you. That was great. I enjoy this so much. I love this segment. Not, not because I answered a few correctly, but I just like Even if I, I, I love, miss them all, I love it. I
1: love winning.
2: Even if I miss them all, I love
1: it. <laughs> thank you, Ben Bagley. And, uh, yes, another epic edition of Know the Film. Always
2: good. Always good. The best research we have all week is in that segment.
1: Our question of the day. Where would you place BYU in the Pac-12 rankings right now and why? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Jim Hyde on Instagram. As a lifetime Ute fan, all I can say (laughs) is I'm glad... We Utah are not playing them BYU this year. BYU is a very solid team.
2: They re- solid. Yep, solid is how I would describe an undefeated, ranked eighth, Heisman Trophy, wow. top five guy. Solid.
1: Hey Jim, props, you can, man. Jim,
2: you can do better than that. Solid. Last year when Utah's ranked fifth, on the cusp of the college football. Yeah, Utah's solid. No, they're <laughs> awesome. BYU's <laughs> awesome this year. Get out of here. Hey, he
1: admitted that he's glad that Utah's not playing BYU. Yeah. Today's no, Rise and No, I'm hitting out.
2: on the solid part. I know.
1: Yeah. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
2: Uh, let's give it to the Yahoo College Sports Podcast. Thanks, guys. For giving us some content. Thank That's, you. That's uh, Pete Thamel and uh, Pat Forty, who have names that could be misconstrued very easily. <laughs> Pete Thamel and, Ford. and Pat Ford. No, no, no. We got
1: it right. Yeah. Both have been guests on the show, for crying out loud. Yep. Our thanks to today's guest, Richard Harward, the Power Center And, of course, Cody Fieger, BYU basketball men's assistant coach.
2: Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We have no time for you, ever.
1: For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Ian Harward. See you on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Go Cougs.